0: The game is on many levels, but when it is physical, everything changes. And When the game is physical, the battle is often not only external, but within. When you can win the fight inside, the outcome of the battle outside is inevitable. Our guest this evening knows plenty about this. Phil Dunlap is a former fighter who for over 25 years ran a school of fight team known as the Asylum Fight Gym in the New York metro area. In this area, Phil trained countless fighters who competed in mixed martial arts, submission grappling, and Thai boxing prior to having to close the school due to severe health issues. Phil was a very active professional fighter between the ages of 16 and almost 26, fighting constantly until breaking his neck in a terrible car accident just before his 26th birthday. After being told he would never do anything physical again, he rehabbed his body and started the asylum to pass on fighting styles. While training others to fight, he decided to prove the doctors wrong and fight again. At the age of 36, he received medical clearance and took his first fight back at GSO3 held in Atlanta. Dunlap competed a number of other times before deciding to retire and focus on training other fighters. After battling cancer and with his health, his health back in February of 2015 at the age of 52, he started competing in submission grappling and tournaments again. According to Phil, he feels very lucky enough to have three separate careers coming back twice after doctors had ridden him off. Phil has had over 150 matches since turning 52, competing in professional shows, and winning numerous tournaments. In addition to being a master of multiple fighting styles, he is also our guest this evening. Hey guys, before we get to our guest, make sure that you check out Game Out with Jackson Stewart on multiple platforms. You can catch me at... YouTube.com forward slash at Game On With Jack. Patreon.com slash Game On With Jack. Blog is GameOnWithJack.blog. Twitter at GameOnWithJack. And last but not least, the brand new player shop, GameOnWithJack.shop. All right, guys, got it. all right, guys, you've heard the introduction and the bio. Now, join me in welcoming to Game On the powerful, the indomitable, the unbreakable Phil Dunlap. Phil, how you
1: doing? Wonderful. Thanks for having me. And I'll add to that the really old, older <laughs> than dirt.
0: <laughs> now, in your bio, I was looking at some of the years and, and the age. And so are you still in your 50s or are you out of your 50s?
1: I, I actually turned 60 February eleventh. Okay, gotcha.
0: Um so let's kick off. Give uh give listeners the name that they can find you on and, and by what platform that you're you know you most likely use.
1: If if you want to look me up on like Facebook or Instagram, I'm not exactly a social media maven, but uh just my name, Philip uh Phil Dunlap or you can look up Asylum, Fight Team, White Rhino, BJJ.
0: And uh, where are you from, and where, where did you grow up if it was different?
1: Okay, uh, right now I, I moved to Lexington, Virginia about a year and a half ago. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was in Vegas for 10 years before that. And then I'm a, I, I'm a native New Yorker. I grew up in the Bronx. Uh, I spent most of my, uh, adult life, uh, in Northern New Jersey and I ran schools in Northern New Jersey. Then when I moved to Vegas, I had a school in Vegas and now I have a school down here in Lexington, Virginia.
0: Now, you know, running a school, training fighters, what are, what are like three challenges that you see in the business? And it could be a business, you know, if you want to look at just from having a school or the business of training. You know what are the three biggest challenges that you see every day?
1: Well, like for for me, I'm a little bit different because I make my money in uh, I make my living doing something else. I, I'm a lifelong government contractor, and right now I have a business that finances government contracts. So it's one of those things where I don't make my living, so I don't look at martial arts as a business. For me, martial arts is, is my me time, my play time. Uh, one of the, one of the struggles with uh, training fighters is, is people themselves truthfully a lot of people say they want something but they don't they they actually don't want it like for, for about eight years I taught for free in Vegas and one of the reasons I did it because I always used to hear I, I don't train I can't train because I can't afford it well basically I took can't affording it out of the equation hmm. and it was amazing how many guys would come by for a couple of weeks and then disappear. Right. People. A lot of times, people they say they want something, but they don't want to put in the work. And a, it, it's not just it's not just a sports thing. It's a life thing. Anything you want in life, you're going to have to work for. And, and like, let's say BJJ for example. BJJ is kind of a, a weird martial art in that there's there's quite a long investment of time within the belt ranks. It's going to take you a year to two to get your blue. It's going to take you another couple years to get your purple. Right. Then a few more years for your brown. You know, generally by the time guys are black belts, if you're really fast, you're going to get it in eight years. I see guys 15, 20 year plans on the black belt. So it's not, it's not your typical martial art. And like, you know, when you really look at it, take, take companies like Planet Fitness. They set, they set their business model up so the membership is cheap so you never cancel it. Okay, you join a gym, you go in a couple times every every January. You go in from January to February, and then you disappear. But because the membership's only eighteen, nineteen dollars, it really doesn't matter to you. So you keep paying it, paying for it. So they have they have a couple thousand members on their books. And they have maybe 150 that use a gym regularly, and, and martial arts is pretty much the same. If somebody's running a martial art business, it's really hard to keep to keep people doing it because, you know, how do I phrase this? Like, you know, if you train in a realistic martial art, it sucks. Seriously, you're kickboxing, you're getting punched in the face. It's Tuesday yes. night, it's face punching night. Yes. Okay. Uh, Wednesday night, it's grappling night. I got a 250 pound guy sitting on my chest, yeah you know, you know, basically suffocating me. So it's kind of like, like I tell people, you know, it 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 it's uh, people people have a tendency. We, we we started out on the idea of fighters, okay. The average person comes in; they even want to get in shape, they 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 want to they want to learn something they've never learned before. It's a workout that's a lot of fun because, like, if you go to the gym, you know, an hour goes by; it seems like five. Right. Okay. If you go, if you go to training, an hour goes by, it seems like 15 minutes. Like, where'd the time go? So like, I, I always tell people, you know, it's a good way to get in shape. And those people seem to, seem to stick with it better. But it's weird. The fighters all come in thinking that it's a, uh, a ring card girl on each arm and a championship belt around their waist. They don't realize that like anything else in life, you never have to give something up for it. And, and the life of a fighter is a life of denial. In other words, when your buddies want to go out on a Saturday night party, and you can't, you got you got to train Saturday morning, okay? You know, there's so many obstacles and so many things behind the scenes that people don't see when they first come in. You know, you get a lot of people that come in because they want to be a fighter. I always roll my eyes. My first question is why? You know, most human beings spend their whole life trying to avoid getting punched in the face. Now, you're going to pay me every day, to come in and get punched in the face. That doesn't make sense. Now, on Saturday night, you want to make an appointment to get in a cage with a guy who wants to stomp a mud hole in your head. Uh, It really isn't logical. So as a coach, my first job is first to try to talk you out of it. Second, try to beat it out of you. Third, if I can't beat it out of you, at least you're going to be ready.
0: Now, you mentioned I mean, you mentioned obstacles, and, you know, as I read in the bio, you've faced some incredible obstacles. You know, the car accident, the cancer, et cetera, and you also, you're a hustler, and I mean that, like, in a good way. Like, somebody who hustles, somebody who's always working, somebody who's always got, you know, irons in the fire. Some people struggle with that. You know, you touched on that. What are three takeaways you can give people on how to overcome obstacles?
1: Okay, life is going to throw you curveballs. Okay, there's no way around it like like right now i have a, uh, I have a tumor in my neck. I was originally planning on making a big run at sixty and I've got a tumor that's going to co- come out within the next month, okay, so now I just bump my plans off a little bit. Life threw me a curveball. I can't control what comes at me. I can control the way I react to it okay, so what happens is when I get hit with a curveball when I get hit with an obstacle, I regroup okay and just like anything anything in life come up with a plan okay the first thing is what's happening how do i adjust to it where do i want to go from here and how do i get there okay and and if you if you start doing that with everything in your life you know from your training in other words you keep a training journal If, if you're trying to lose weight keep a diet journal even down to the point of you be keeping a diet journal, you're gonna be, you're gonna notice after certain foods, you you feel like shit the next day. So it's one of those things I, I tell people to always come up with a plan. My my big takeaway is, if you want to be successful, how are you gonna get there? Come up with a plan. If the plan doesn't work, the next step is adjust the plan. Figure out whether the plan is just bullshit, and do you actually want where you're going? Okay, if, if the plan's not working and you still want to get where you said you wanted to go, then look at the plan, make your adjustments and keep moving. The idea is, you know, we have two choices in life. Okay, we can either sit back and give up or you can say, screw this shit. I'm moving forward. And, and one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm gifted in, in, okay, no, it, it's a double edged sword. I am the most stubborn human being on the face of the planet, <laughs> okay? You tell, the, the, my wife always jokes around the surest way to get me to do something. Just tell you not to Just do it. Just tell me I can't <laughs> do it. There you go. <laughs> okay? It's kind of like I, I'm one of those guys. You can't do that. Hold my beer. Watch. Okay? <laughs> no, no. You can't do that. I can. Okay? In other words, I'm one of those people that I honestly believe in. It's one of the things I love about America. You know, I know this isn't very popular nowadays, but you know, America is a land where if you, if you, if you want to bust your balls, you can make something happen. Guy, listen, I'm a guy, I'm a guy who got kicked out of high school. Okay, I run, I run a financial business. Zero education. I spent my my younger years doing all the wrong things. Yeah. You know, I I, I traveled the world fighting. I I, I sold drugs. I did bad stuff. Okay. Then I changed my life, altered what I was doing, and then basically I wasn't going to let anything stop me. I'll find a way to do whatever I want. Hell, you're 60 years old. People people are constantly telling me, "What are you trying to prove?" I ain't trying to prove anything. I'm just having fun. You know, you said something the in there.
0: Thing... I'm sorry. Go ahead and no, 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 finish that. No, time. go ahead. Well, I just go wanted ahead. to say that you, you know, you said, I mean, there's, there's a ton of takeaways out of everything you just said. And I love that. Something that really stood out. And I was just reading about this, about how when people plan whether, and let's say for business or for life or for fitness, whatever, people have a plan and you don't get the results. Some don't work out. You know, you, you start a marketing plan and you don't get the results, whatever, Failure is not adjusting. Failure is when you quit.
1: Okay, I always, I always try to tell people, t- take the life of a competitive athlete. You fight good guys. You're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some. Hell, the year the, the Chicago Bulls set the record for the best record in the NBA, the New Jersey Nets had the worst record in the NBA. And I was living in New Jersey at the time, and I went to a game with the Nets that year. The Nets played the Bulls and beat them. How does a team with the worst record in the history of basketball beat the team with the best record in basketball? It happens, okay? I always said fighting was on my worst possible day. Can I beat you on your best possible day? <sighs> but, you know, you're going to lose, okay? you defined on how you de- deal with your losses, how you deal with failure. Failure doesn't mean it's over. Failure taught you lessons, and if you learn from those lessons, it'll help you find success. I have failed more times than I can count. Okay? It's kind of like I, look. Like, you know, it's not, like, you know, the old saying is it's not what happens when you get knocked down. Did you get back up? And that's what counts. Like you know, that's one thing that you know, and it, 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 it maybe to the point of almost Don Quixote complex. I I have a tendency if I believe in something, I'll tilt at windmills. I'll go for it.
0: <laughs> so, so you're out you're out there seeing dragons where windmills
1: are. I love that. Yeah, but but, but it, it, it's kind of like I, I tell people, if you don't have passion, right? Why be alive?
0: A hundred percent. You got to be passionate about I, what you're doing. No doubt.
1: Yeah, I see so many people, and, and I almost feel like they're putting in time to die. Mm hmm.
0: Mm hmm. Just waiting to die. Like, you know, like, uh, I love, you know, I, there's a lot of speakers I love. I love Les Brown. I love uh, Eddie, Eddie. Can um, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hear you just fine. And um, Les Brown and, and a guy named uh, E.T., the hip hop preacher. But Les Brown has a great quote that says so many people tip tiptoe through life just to arrive at an early grave.
1: Yes. yes.
0: And it's that like you just said, it's that lack of passion and and like what's the point. And I, I wanna get a I want to get a couple more questions in with you. You it's pretty clear that you're passionate about training fighters. What's your favorite part of training? What's your least favorite part?
1: Okay, of training other people or training myself?
0: Um, any way you want to answer it. Let's say training yourself.
1: Okay, training myself, I'll be honest with you. My my least favorite part is probably dealing with injuries. Gotcha.
0: Makes perfect sense. It,
1: it's a constant. If you're training hard, you're working around an injury. Right. Okay? Like, you know, fighters don't go into a fight 100% healthy. If they did, they didn't train hard enough. But it's one of those things where I I try to tell people at at the same time as it's the thing I dislike most. It's also the most fascinating part as I get older. You know, the the injuries to your body make you adapt your game. Suddenly you can't use your shoulder at the same angles. Mm -hmm. Suddenly you can't you can't use your neck quite the same way. So you have to adjust your whole game around it. So it, it actually becomes a fascinating. It's probably my least favorite because it hurts, and my most favorite because it makes me grow.
0: You know, it's like you're you're, uh, you're you're training with your weakest link in mind. You know, and I, I like that.
1: And, and it's one of the things that you notice as you get older. Now it's at 60 years old. I, you know, I, I, I've put on a lot of weight as I've gotten older. I had to change my diet due, due to the cancer. I, I'm a lifelong vegan and I, uh, used to eat mostly a fruit based diet. So up until my forties, I was about 170 pounds walking around. And then, uh, through the cancer, I, I I lost a lot of weight. I got sick, everything like that. But you know, the, the initial treatments. You know, when, when I got the treatments at work, they, they had me holding water like a water balloon. So I got up to about 190 and I, I, I looked bloated, but then I had to change my diet because my body doesn't produce enough insulin anymore. So I, I went with a, a, instead of a fruit based diet, a nut based diet. Now I'm walking around about 215 and I've gotten as heavy as 230 at one point. And the idea is, you know, the changes in your body are what's so, what are so fascinating. In other words, I used to be a speed merchant. Now I move like a banana slug, but I'm strong as an ox. Okay. So it's kind of like, you know, it's fascinating to watch your body change as you get older and almost have to evolve a whole new game. It, It actually is, you know, quite a fascinating process. And the other thing is, as I get ready for things now, I can't do a fight camp. Like I can't take six weeks and train like a maniac. My body breaks down so i I'm one of those guys I, I I'm ready all the time. I keep myself at a at a at a a hard training level, and I just take things as they come up
0: what is um what are you currently working on? I know you said you're going to train, but you got to deal with the tumor What's your big project that you're going on right now is it is it to go and compete after the tumor is out, or is there another project you got cooking
1: it, right now is to keep myself in shape uh while while i'm waiting. Okay, so I recover faster uh, you know if in the immediate aftermath of the surgery, I want to get some stuff on video uh for people like you know i have I have students in Vegas, I have students in New York that all want to continue their training, so I want to get a whole curriculum video together while while I'm recovering, and then when I recover, i'm going to come back with a vengeance because I always do
0: is you know you clearly with your background with everything you've gone through with the things that you pointed out today. You hit on adaptability, you hit on stability, you hit on uh, creativity, you know, because every fighter, and I, we were talking before before we started to record the show. Um, yeah, I did jujitsu too, and obviously, you know, Phil's a master at it. Um, flexibility. But of all these, all these traits—adaptability, creativity, flexibility—every fighter has to be really creative and stubbornness. What is the one that you feel? And maybe it's all applies not just in fighting, but like in life, right? So for the guy that's out there thinking, you know, his business is failing, he wants to give up or his marriage or his relationship or whatever it is that he's struggling with. What of those would you apply or or would you apply all of them?
1: I I would honestly say self-analysis is very important Mm, yes okay whether whether you're fighting or in life in other words analyze yourself be honest with yourself okay it's kind of like you know, it's one of those things that, like, you know, like I, I, I tell people, like, I'm a chronic fuck up who did pretty good. <laughs> okay. No, 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 seriously. I, you know, in other words, I say stupid shit, I do stupid things, I make mistakes constantly, I own my mistakes immediately, and it's kind of like, you know, it's it's the ideas always move forward. And the other thing that really helped me is, and this this is something that people that they'll go to a they'll go to a jujitsu coach. And like, you know, every once in a while, some guy will be coming in and he'll have watched a bunch of a bunch of videos on the Internet. Yeah. OK, coach, how do I do this move? I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> That's not going to work on a living, breathing human being. Yes. But it looked cool. OK, now, now, this is something I get. This is something I really get a kick out of. You got a coach. OK, if you're not going to listen to your coach, find a new coach. Yeah okay, so, so, in other words, if the coach is the problem, go out and get a new coach but if if you think the coach is a good coach, listen to him. I'm a big one on and and it's something I came up with you know I got the term later in life, but it's something I've always done precision modeling hmm. explain
0: that please and what i
1: what I mean by that is if you want to do something find somebody successful and act what you're doing, what you want to do Yes. and then try to get them to mentor you. If they, if they won't mentor you, then start to follow what other people have done in that thing and, 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 and model how they did it. It saves you years of trial and error. It's one of those things, so many people, and it goes back to the idea of a plan, okay? My plan is always to analyze what I'm going to do, figure out how other people got successful with it.
0: You know, that's very much like, um, you know, the whole Napoleon Hill, the whole Think and Grow Rich. I mean, that whole movement was, you know, they followed businessmen who at the time were super successful, you know, Dale Carnegie and. And Ford and all those guys. And they just literally sat at their, you know, sat at their feet and made notes. Like, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? Like, why reinvent the wheel when you can learn it from somebody way ahead of you? And something else you said that made me laugh about, you know, don't go into a gym with some, or, or training with some ridiculous idea of a movie you want to do. I used to love the uh the spin kick, right? Because you see in every movie the guy spins around like 360 and kicks somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was in a I was I was in striking fighting. I was the thing I was taking uh Taekwondo, and I went in there. I'm like right. I really want to do this. And my instructor told me you would never fucking do that in a real fight. Get that shit out of here. <laughs>
1: what's what's funny is one of the first times I ever sparred with a Taekwondo guy. I'm not going to mention his name, but he was a very high level Taekwondo guy. Okay. And and it was kind of funny because he said he wanted to spar with a kickboxer. Now, now remember I do a unique form of kickboxing Burmese boxing. Right. Every strike is legal. Yeah. No gloves. Headbutts are legal and everything like that. So we decided we'd wear gloves, no headbutts, blah, blah, blah. Okay. He, started with a spinning kick i kicked him across the lower back yeah <laughs> i just hit him with a roundhouse kick in the lower back he couldn't get up yeah okay and it, it's kind of like you know i, I i'm sorry in other words I'm, I'm not saying a spinning kick doesn't work but if the rule set allows you to hit the guy as he turns it's not a move i want to use yeah
0: yeah i i spar with a uh, with a hopkido guy once and I was doing jujitsu like twice a week, and I would do some taekwondo in between. And the hapkido guy, um, he started to like move. And I'm not, I'm not knocking hapkido people at all, but right. I'm looking at him. I'm like, what are you doing? In my head, I'm like, what are you doing? And I just went at him. <laughs> and so he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm trying to win, and I'm pulling in all the different styles. And, uh, yeah, I end up, I, I kind of fucked him up. I didn't mean to, but we kind of ended quick and he, like, he limped off the mat and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I thought we were like, <laughs> I thought we were trying to win.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I thought we, I thought we were practicing fighting.
0: Yeah. And he kind of looked like, uh, he looked kind of like he was doing some kind of like dance routine. I'm like, that's not how you, we're, that's not how you fight. Yeah.
1: It's so funny because my, my grandfather's a person who had taught me martial arts. Okay. And he died, he died when I was 29. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I never thought of myself as somebody who was going to teach. So I go around looking for a teacher. Yeah. Uh, what I found was shocking. Yeah. I'll never forget going to one school and asking a teacher. When they fight, they were sparring. And I said, when do you guys, like, fight? Yeah. Oh, well, this is fighting. He and I exchanged. He had me get on the mat with his guy. It, it was ugly.
0: You know, and the takeaway from that I want guys to, to, to pull away is, you know, earlier you had said find a mentor, which I could not agree with more. But also be selective and keep your eyes open on the mentors that you're finding. Like, just because somebody's well, a talking- mentor, like, they may not be the right mentor for you.
1: What's funny is the two people I found that I asked to teach me both told me I should be teaching. Yeah. That's when I decided to start teaching. And, you know, they said, they said, why do you want to learn what we do when what you do is so unique?
0: And that level of honesty on their part speaks volumes about who they were and your ability to take it and process it speaks volumes about you.
1: Oh, I was so I was so first I was depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Then I, I realized, man, hey, these guys are saying that like, you know, I'm I'm, like, you know, how do I say this? I'm one of those people. I, I tend to be very self-depreciating on the one side. I can feel like, you know, hey, listen, I've won world championships and in a bunch of different things. Okay. But I don't think of myself as the end all and be all. Well, that's humility. You know, it, you know and humility is a great yeah, thing to it,
0: have in, in your sport. It's rare in
1: your sport. Right? Yeah right and like, like i say like you know like I you know, I, I i win a world championship in jiu but i always say it was it was one of the old man divisions but you still won <laughs> yeah but to me uh,
0: i won one handicap well i think that that's the that's the challenge for being humble but being successful is being able to well I always,
1: I always i always i always tell people like you know now take a look at something and, and this comes up every once in a while would i take a match with gordon ryan fuck yeah would gordon ryan kill me fuck yeah No, <laughs> the guy's the best the best no gi jujitsu guy out there i love watching him grapple okay but like you know hey i'm a realist like i'm a 60 year old hack at this point but man it would be it would be great to see what he would do to me <laughs>
0: In keeping with the theme of sexiness, and every guest hates this question, but I can't wait to hear what you say, what is the sexiest thing about you?
1: Um Oh God. My mannerism, I think.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay, this this is gonna this is gonna sound weird. I think of sexy and I think of like you know how I did with women. Okay, and I always said I wasn't like a great looking guy or anything like that, but I did really well Okay, and I think it was just the way I carried myself my aura
0: You know i'm gonna say probably confidence because i've asked this question If i've asked this question to 100 guests 99 all said confidence
1: Yeah, because between you and I you know Even being a realist. I am like the most confident guy in the world And it's kind of like I don't know fear never have
0: what makes a person sexy, in your opinion? And you could say, say confidence. Yes, yeah, I, say. Say I would say confidence. Say yeah. confidence sure.
1: the same. The same thing. The same thing I think worked for me is what I think makes other other people the same way that that feeling a strong sense of self.
0: It is now time for our quick draw, uh, where we like to ask the guests entertaining but rapid questions. Don't overthink it, Phil. I know you're ready, so I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, what would you name a boat if you had one? The Asylum. If you had to choose which Disney character would you be?
1: Oh god, that I don't know cuz I don't uh, I I don't know any Disney characters.
0: <laughs> Are you a good cook? Uh, no. Uh, where is the best smelling place you've ever been?
1: How do I say this? I can't smell anything. <laughs> My nose has been broken 16 times, okay. so I can't answer that. All
0: right, cake or pie? Neither. Uh, favorite. I'm a vegan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Uh, ooh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Actually, I've never had cake or pie.
0: Okay, favorite vegetable? Uh, probably carrots. Uh, favorite song and why?
1: Uh, hurt. Uh, the John, Johnny Cash version. That is a great version.
0: That's actually better than the nine inch nail one, I think.
1: Right. I I come out to it a lot and, uh, it sums up, it sums up my feeling of earning the place you're at. First. You know, you grow through pain and struggle.
0: First thing you, you do in the morning? Drink coffee. Apples or oranges? Oranges. Uh, are you a day person or a night person? Night. And last but not least, and probably my favorite question, who inspires you?
1: Who inspires me? Uh, I would have to say the guy I look up to when I think about things is Teddy Roosevelt.
0: Interesting. Why?
1: Um, the duality. Okay. Okay. The fact that he was so into both the intellectual and the physical.
0: I love that answer
1: yeah because that that 's really something I strive for, in other words, you know enhancing both sides of who and what i am
0: and i was uh, i remember i've talked to people about boxing and 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 we've we've talked about sports and I said boxing, in my opinion um, requires some of the fastest mental calculations on the fly than to me any other sport. And I'm not knocking any other sport. I respect athletes all all over the range. But I mean, it's just you you're not up against a team. It's one on one. And you got to look at how foot movement's going. You got to calculate stuff in your brain. I mean, I really think you have to be a brilliant mind to be a good fighter. And so I, well, I I agree.
1: I'm I'm a big I'm a big believer in that. Like, you know, 99% of fighting or 90% of fighting is mental. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, in other words, and I'm not talking. I'm not talking education. Yeah, you get a guy like Mike Tyson. If you listen to him talk, Mike Tyson is smart.
0: He is. He's really a smart guy. Okay,
1: and he's a student of the game he plays. Done brilliantly. Okay, so a lot of times it boils down to you know that that inert common sense, and that's that's what comes in a lot with fighters the ability to analyze. And I know the fighters that that seem to do the best. Or those that are most willing to look at their faults.
0: Good people, sexy people. That wraps up our interview with the powerful, the indomitable, the unbreakable, Phil Dunlap. Phil, thank you so much for joining us. One more time, let people know where to find you.
1: Thanks for having me again, and also uh, just look me up on uh, look me up on Facebook or Instagram. It's Phil Dunlap. And my uh, website for the school is www.lexingtonbjj.com.
0: Phil, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you soon.
1: Okay, thank you.